Catching you up on the latest stories that you should know heading into this Thursday morning. I'm Jake Reyes, and this is The Point from WUFT News. A tale of two cities, one where the tiny house community is embraced, and one where having a tiny house is a little bit complicated legally. While residents in Cocoa can enjoy living in tiny homes without much government limitations, some tiny homeowners in Alachua City are having their Airbnb businesses shut down by the city, despite having no regulations on tiny homes. WUFT's Megan McGlone reports on how the difference in ordinances is leading to lost jobs, irked residents, and even a lawsuit against Alachua by tiny homeowners. I found out about this story because I had previously done a story on tiny houses specifically focused on Alachua City, which is in Alachua County. There's one tiny house, small business, where the couple makes and rents out tiny houses on Airbnbs. And a lot of other places in Alachua are getting into Airbnbs. Some have tiny houses, some don't. But recently they've been shut down, all of them, by their local government. Alachua City doesn't have any codes regarding tiny houses, and it's really disrupting businesses and livelihoods in Alachua City. But it's really interesting because in other cities in Florida, they're really embracing the tiny house movement. And that's where Coco comes in. And that's kind of why this story took a turn for the tale of two cities, just because I thought it was really interesting how Alachua City was not allowing tiny houses in almost any capacity. But Coco has its own tiny house community where it's a neighborhood of people who only live in tiny houses on a foundation or on wheels. And these people love the tiny houses. Interesting. And how exactly would you describe a tiny home? Like how tiny is tiny for a home? Tiny houses are typically under 600 square feet, but even 600 square feet is kind of big for a tiny house. A lot of the tiny houses that I come across are somewhere between 200 to 400 square feet. Some can be even smaller than that. And I know that sounds really small, and it's also a little hard to conceptualize how big 200 square feet is. Think about it like a few queen-size mattresses. That's how long tiny houses are. All right. And obviously, you spoke to members of both communities. Now, tell me how that conversation differs from the people you talk to in the community that's more accepting of tiny homes versus Alachua City. Um, I think that the people who live in that tiny house community in Cocoa, where Brevard County has allowed tiny houses for residential purposes, they're incredibly welcoming people. They all talk to me about how, you know, they want to go tiny because they want to spend more time with family. They don't want as many material things. They're spending a lot more time outdoors. A lot of them have animals and gardens and they're growing vegetables in their yards and things like that. It's very much a tight knit community because you're outside so often. You see your neighbors so often. Now, what's happening in Alachua is different in the case that there isn't anyone that actually lives in the tiny houses. It's two people that have tiny house Airbnbs. And those tiny house Airbnbs are livelihoods for those two people. One is a retired accountant and one is, you know, an expecting mother and already a mother who depends on her tiny house business for income. And now it's being shut down by the city. 
So I understand that in the legality of this issue, tiny homes aren't actually in the codes of Alachua City. Now, based on your article, I know one lawyer is saying the local government is presuming illegality of tiny homes based on a state statute that doesn't have any statewide rule on these specific tiny homes. Can you tell me about the impact of those legal issues on the people who had their businesses shut down in Alachua City? Definitely, yeah. So I spoke to Krishna. She has a really big tiny house business it's called Simplify Further in Alachua City, and her entire business was shut down. She had previously been told by the government two years ago that she could have this business because technically, because these tiny houses are on wheels, they're supposed to be considered RVs. And she says that that is outside of the city's jurisdiction. Now the city is arguing that these tiny houses are built on foundations, which are on wheels. Two years later, the city comes, they shut down her business. They say that, you know, if you don't get everyone out of these tiny houses because they're safety hazards, we're going to arrest you. So I think the impact here is that it is affecting local businesses in Alachua City. That was Megan McGlone on how the tiny home movement is embraced in one city and challenging in another based on its regulations. For the full story, visit our website at wuft.org. Now let's get into some top headlines. The Alachua County Commission Tuesday passed a split vote to withdraw its support for a proposed $25 million affordable housing development in East Gainesville. According to the Gainesville Sun, the 96-unit development known as Dogwood Village was planned for the corner of Southeast 8th Avenue and Southeast 15th Street across from Lincoln Park. The commission's motion to withdraw its support for the project includes that a letter must be written to the Florida Housing Finance Corporation to request that the county be given more time to find a new site for the project. Ocala Electric Utilities may have to increase rates again. The Ocala Gazette is reporting that while no new rate increase has been announced, rates rose steadily this year, and despite that, Ocala is facing a roughly $25 million deficit in the amount of revenue versus cost of generating electricity this fiscal year. School districts previously flagged by the state are now in compliance with the controversial parental rights law dubbed as the Don't Say Gay law by critics. Florida Politics reports that the 10 school districts, including Alachua, had been warned last month that they have policies that might not comply with the new law. The law specifically prohibits instruction and discussion about sexual orientation in kindergarten through third grade, and only permits age-appropriate discussions and instruction of the subject in higher grade levels. Numerous school districts among the 10 have pulled their LGBTQ critical support guide. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jake Reyes, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great day.